We are the tide from the north. We're brave and we're bold. Defeating our rivals never gets old. Making our way to the Big Sky Conference. Watch out, cause here comes the silver and gold. Welcome back, Tribe from the North, Brave and Bold, to the official, unofficial podcast of your Idaho Vandals and your Vandal affiliate on the Big Sky Podcast Network. I'm your host, Chris Hammond, and today I'll be co-hosted by Alex the Boat Boatman, and it's a special day for you guys. Uh, It's our holiday special. We've got the president of the University of Idaho, Scott Green, with us. So it's going to be a fun one, but we just wanted everybody here at Tubs of the Club wanted to wish you and your family in what has been one of the toughest years any of us will probably ever live through a happy holidays and try to ride out this year the right way with an interview about the University of Idaho's future. And none of this would be possible, obviously, without you guys and Montucky Cold Snacks. Ain't nothing like cracking a Montucky cold snack, an ultra-refreshing light beer born in majestic Big Sky Country. The best part is when you crack a snack, you're giving back. Montucky cold snacks donates 8% of profits back to local causes, even right here in Idaho, supporting organizations like the CW Hogs and the Idaho Food Bank. Yeehaw! That's freaking awesome. Montucky cold snacks, the light American lager for pow-pow rippers, gator wranglers, pony riders. And badass do-gooders. Visit MontuckyColdSnacks.com today to find out how to get your ass some snacks. Now enjoy the holiday special. All right, so we are joined with President Scott Green. Thank you for joining us. This is a bright and early a.m. Scott, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing great. Could be better, you know, with some vandals, so it's always good. That's good. That's good. And I know we, we really appreciate you coming on. Uh, it's something our listeners have obviously been asking for basically since you got the job. Uh, and I know it, it's it's really cool to hear from you. And uh, I've had the opportunity to hear from you in a couple different, like through the Vandal Boosters and everything like that. Uh, so I think the general Vandal population will really enjoy something like this. So we, true, you know, heartfelt thank you. Um, so let's, let's start it off. Let's have the people get to know yeah. Chris, what was your favorite memory from college? I, I don't know if you know, you're cutting out, uh, Chris. Um, so sorry um, about that. No, but I, I got the favorite, favorite memory from college. Um, yeah, I, I would, you know, I, I would have, there's just so many of them. It's just, it's hard to even, uh, begin to, to talk about them, but, you know, probably some of my best memories were, you know, going to the football and basketball games back in, back when I was on campus because, uh, you know, again, our, our teams back then were so gr- so very good, you know, uh, both football with Erickson and basketball with Munson. Um, but I'd also say a lot of the, the things that I did with my fraternity as well and the relationships I built there. Those are just uh, lifelong things that you, you just uh, stay with you, you know, throughout your life. So um, those are some really, really fond memories of working on campus. Yeah, Scott. So, kind of, you know, what what kind of led you to come back to Idaho? You know, everyone kind of knows what you're doing. You had a you're working in the corporate law world before this, and then you leave that to come back to Moscow uh, to your alma mater and, and lead an institution, something you had never done. So, kind of, 
what led to that process of you getting identified then decided, hey, this is what I want to do? Yeah, you know, great question. Um, you know, for me, it was all about, you know, university needed some help and stability, and I thought I could help. And, um, you know, a number of us actually thought when uh, when the search began for president that, that we would want somebody that, um, you know, uh, that would, would stay. And a, a number of alums and I were, were trying to help with that process and identifying people that we thought would do a good job and then would stay. Uh, but literally on the same week, you know, I was in the middle of the process, I got a call from two different uh, alums who basically said, you know, we'd like you to do this. Um, we think you're the person. And uh, um, they knew that uh, I'd planned to retire to Idaho at some point. Uh, and I've always been trying to get back there. And um, uh, so I, I, you know, I thought long and hard about it and realized, I mean, the university uh, was in some finance rates and, you know, that's my skill set. So. I felt I could help. If I didn't think I could help, I, I probably wouldn't have taken it. But um, uh, as much as I love the university, I wanted to make sure if I took this job that I'd be able to add value. And I think we have. Um, we've been able yes. to turn the ship around yeah. pretty quickly. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I kind of want to touch on – you kind of touched on it in my first question. But back when you were attending the University of Idaho, is there like a football game that stands out in your mind, just one of your favorites you attended? Yeah, you know, um, you know, most, <laughs> there were a lot of great, great football games, you know, and and I mean, uh, when I was on campus in the '80s, but you know, some of the best games, that, you know, that uh, we're, we're all known, you know, for were the Bulls or the '64 to '19 thrashing of BSU in 1996. You know, those are the ones most people <laughs> uh, relate to. But for me, there was a very personal, personal game, you know, and that was when we played Oregon State. Uh, and I think I probably have this wrong, but I, I want to say it was 1984. Um, and uh, of course, Oregon State was in the Pac-12. We were in the big sky, you know, at the time. And uh, so they, they were heavily favored. And one of my best friends from high school played for the defensive line of OSU. And in fact, I play, you know, with this was drafted by the Seahawks. And uh, and we beat them up pretty good, 41 to 22. So <laughs> uh, that was one of my favorite memories. And he was not too happy, as you can imagine, but uh, I sure was. So, <laughs> You know, um, since you've been back on campus, uh, what's, what's kind of a favorite football game of yours since you've uh, been back in Moscow that you've been able to go watch? Yeah, uh, you know, for me, uh, getting you know, getting a little bit of payback at ISU, you know, for ISU's beating of us the year before was uh, a nice game, and uh, I really enjoyed that. And you know, Kevin Satterley's a good friend of mine, and and uh, we worked really well together, the president at ISU. But you know, there was some satisfaction, and I know he'll he may have his days in the future, but there's some satisfaction not only that uh, we beat him in football, but uh, you know, we also beat him in women's basketball, which uh, you know, it, it was uh, you know, we. we we did a good job as Vandals last year on that big yeah. battle of dome winners. Um, so I guess that you kind of touched on it. So is that kind of your favorite basketball game as well then, or is there a basketball game that stands out since you've been back? Well, the, yes, in back, the women's basketball win against uh, ISU was by far my favorite as well. I, I was looking forward to the Montana State game. Um, I, I am convinced yeah. they would have taken it. Um, they, yeah. they, you know, they had split Montana State. They had their number. I'm pretty sure that they would have uh, they would have come away with the championship. Yeah. Um, you know, can, 
so with you, with you changing as president, we also experienced some change in athletics uh, with leadership with Terry Gallant coming as the AD. Um, can you explain kind of that hiring process and, and how, you know, Terry rose above everyone else in the candidate pool and showed that she was the right person to take over that job? Yeah, you know, Terry, I mean, it was a national search and Terry's just, uh, we're just very fortunate, I feel, that to have attracted somebody with her qualifications. You know, she's 25 years of leadership in intercollegiate athletics, you know, much of it at Wisconsin, you know, uh, this little school in the Midwest. And um, <laughs> and there she was responsible for uh, 10 sports, you know, and the associated budgets, six head coaches. Uh, she had uh, 25 student athletes. I mean, so it was a significant program she was running there. Um, she's a national leader in Title IX uh, issues and compliance, which we've had uh, some some need for on our campus. And um, she chaired the NCAA, a number of committees actually. She chaired the uh, Division One Women's Basketball Committee, the Division One Women's Volleyball Committee, and the Division One Men's Soccer. Committee. So. You know, she's just uh, she's just an incredibly talented uh, AD, and you know what really sealed the deal. You know, is that uh, you know her husband's you know uh, his his parents live in Bend. They spend a lot of time in Oregon. They're both fly fishermen, and they they spend a lot of time fishing in Idaho. So I knew they would fit in well with us in our culture and and with the handles. And uh, she's just and both of them actually have just fit in incredibly well. So um, I think we're very fortunate to have them and, and both Terry and I are committed to, you know, improving and civilizing our athletics um, you know, here at the university. Yeah. I was going to say, I think every time I've heard from Terry on anything, it's like immediately after a fishing trip. So I think she's liking it. Um, uh, and I know this might be more of a Terry question, but you know, you're, you're the Idaho guy. So we got to kind of loop you in on this, right? You touched on Idaho state. Have there been any communications with you and Terry? Um, you know, with, well, not absolutely anymore, but Trump about getting maybe BSU back on the schedule, at least in terms of basketball? Yeah, yeah, there have been some discussions. Unfortunately, I don't think we're able to, to come to any type of uh, agreements. You know, what we're looking for is a fair, you know, is a fair uh, trade of, you know, uh, uh, where we, we get compensated for, uh, you know, our away games and, and, you know, get a decent pay, you know, we'll pay decently for home games and that, you know, there's one in each place or two in each place. And we just haven't been able to negotiate that yet, but we're working on it and, you know, we'll get there. We want it, you know, um, and I, I think they do too. Um, it's hard to tell, uh, but, but uh, <laughs> you know, uh, at the end of the day, we want to make sure that, uh, you know, we make a deal for the University of Iowa. It just can't be about, um, you know, uh, you know, wanting them to play them so badly that we'll just take any deal. We just can't do that. Yeah. Might be a great opponent for the the new ICCU arena. That's, that was going through my head when I was like, yeah. I, I <laughs> doubt they want to be the first team in that, that, that energy is going to be electric. That paired with Boise well, State, that might be too yeah. much, honestly. <laughs> playing, play, yeah. playing them in the Cougs in the ICCU arena would be awesome. <laughs> For sure. Um, yeah, it, it, it will be. It will be. It, it's going to be great. And it'll happen. You know, it will happen. So, Yeah. Yeah, especially with them maybe trying to get out of the Mountain West, reading all their releases recently. That might be interesting. Yeah, so, maybe there'll be a conference, mate. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? Who knows? Um, so, Scott, you know, we talked about a little athletics, but we know your primary role as the president of the university is to deal with every, everything, you know, uh, whether it be academics, the budgeting. So we're going to kind of touch on that. 
Um, all of us have something in common. We're all alumni University of Idaho. So everything is important to us, regardless if it's athletics or not. Um, you know, I kind of want to talk, talk to you about uh, the importance of Greek life at, at the university. It makes about a third of the student population. Um, and, and as times evolve, we see nationally how Greek life, Greek life has evolved within the national media, um, within the, our campus ourselves. What do you see as the future of Greek life at Idaho and the importance of it? Well, I, I'm very optimistic, you know, about Greek life at Idaho. You know, our our biggest problem at the moment, you know, is, is that we just got so many uh, fraternities on campus um, and more that want to come because, you know, we're we're a great environment, you know, for that. You know, our Greek life is, uh, it's an experience. And a lot of people come to the University of Idaho because of that. I mean, all you have to do is walk up and down Greek Grove and realize what a beautiful place it is. And, um you know, you, you know, it really does attract uh, students. Uh, so for us, it's about getting our enrollments to a place that it's stable. You know, my vision for Greek life on, on the University of Idaho campus is that we have fraternities and sororities that are in demand and stable. And um, and to do that, we've got to get more kids, uh, you know, more students uh, you know, enrolled at U of I. I realize it's more of an institutional issue. We did a great job two years ago. Um, you know, uh, enrollments were, were up, you know, in the Greek houses. Uh, but, you know, last year with COVID, you know, well, not only uh, are the Greek houses suffering, the entire university is suffering, you know, our uh, our applications were up, uh, you know, 60% and our uh, acceptances were 14% before COVID and then COVID just changed everything. So uh, we're hopeful, you know, I'm very hopeful in the future, I'm very optimistic, uh, we have a very strong uh, Greek system here. You know, Greeks are natural leaders on our campus and, um, as you point out, you know, uh, you know, they make up, you know, between a quarter and a third of, of our of our university. Um, our foundation, alumni board, all of our advisory boards. I mean, Greeks, um, our alumni are, that lead those, the vast majority are Greek. Um, so it's just an it's part of who we are. It's part of our fabric. Um, it's not to say that those who, who study in residential life you know, aren't also part of our fabric, but that's what makes us great. You know, we are a university that was truly in, in many different ways, and including uh, the experience that you have and how you choose to live on campus. Yeah, and you, you touched on it there, but I know the university's really, since you've taken the office, like, I don't want to say pivoted, but has put a whole different emphasis on how to recruit and market to future students. Uh, and it, it's been, it sounds like before COVID, been rather successful. Can you kind of just dive into what you guys are doing to market yourselves to potential new students? Yeah, well, we really have, you know, we've tried to, you know, I've tried to communicate to our university that recruiting students is everybody's job. It's not just strategic enrollment management. It's it's the faculty's job. It's the staff's job. It's the alumni job. It's my job, right? And I, I actually spent a lot of time talking to students um, and trying to recruit them to the University of Idaho. So, um, you know, for, for me, uh, you know, it's, it's important that these realize how it's how important this is to our to our future they're our customer and not everyone thinks of it that way but they are and uh, if we're going to be successful uh, in the future we need to ensure we get we have more customers and we treat them well and we can support them well and provide the quality education for what we're known for but also a great experience and and so that's what we're doing you know and to try to get that across and improve our, our ability to recruit those students. We've hired a new CMO. Her name's Teresa Koppel. She's from Google. 
And boy, does she know what she's doing. I mean, I, I've had some really great world-class CMOs work for me, but uh, she's the best I've ever come across. And uh, I'm really, I'm really excited about what we're doing. Our, our digital campaigns now are better than ever. They're more targeted than ever. Our bounce rates are, are dropping like crazy. Uh, we got all of our metrics going the right way. And, uh, and this combined with our commercials, our billboards, uh, you know, our traps, um, you know, throughout uh, Treasure Valley and other important markets for us, um, you know, are, are really making a difference and really raising our profile. And free Wi-Fi at the Boise Airport. <laughs> <laughs> um, Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I'm Scott, so kind of on the, on the topic of student makeup and population, um, when, when I was on campus, when I got there, Wooey had gone away. And, and as, as an athlete, that wasn't really of a concern to me, but I knew people where Wooey would have made a difference and made it, might have changed their mind on if they would have gone to Idaho or not. Um, but I know it's kind of come back. How how has Wooey um, maybe helped grow student population or change the, maybe the, the makeup of where our students are coming from? Yeah, uh, another, really, a re another really good question. It's really been part of it's not the strategy I created, but you know, I'm, I'm, I'm on board with it. Um, and it's really uh, about providing an affordable education uh, aligned with our value. You know, as you know, we were, we were recently um, ranked in the top 50 uh, universities uh, in, in the country for, for best value. And of, of, on that list, obviously number one and number two, I shouldn't say but number one, and number two, I know they're, Harvard and Princeton, not exactly, you know, inexpensive uh, university. So it's it's not just about uh, being inexpensive. It's also about quality, right? And, and interestingly enough, there, there uh, are very few public companies on that list. Most of them are private because of the quality component. And uh, really, uh, there are only uh, two above on that entire list. Um, and, and that is the University of Virginia and University of uh, North Carolina. Um, uh, and the University of Idaho is number one in the West. We're, number, we're, we're better value than the Montana schools, the Wyoming school, uh, you know, Utah, Nevada, Oregon, Washington, you know, certainly California, Arizona, I mean, all, all the states around us. Uh, we're, we're, we are a better value, a better combination of quality and cost than, than, than they are. Um, so it's natural that we would we would try to market those folks, um, uh, you know, particularly given you know all the uh, the the uh, you know in-state um, work that we've done. Um, you know, we're, there's only so many Idaho students to go around, um, and our WUI numbers have gone up because of that. You know, we've really focused on providing good value to them, and as you know, they they pay 150% of in-state tuition, so they get a significant discount. And, uh, you know, over the last two years, we're up some 60%. You know, we're up 40% last fall and 21%, another 21% this fall, which isn't bad given COVID, right? Um, yeah. and, and I think you'll see that number skyrocket again next year because, again, we're an incredible value and uh, high quality. And so we're back in WUI, and I think it's the right thing long term. Uh, and again, to provide an afford access to affordable, high quality education is what we're all about. And um, so from when I was in school, the the Albertsons College of Business and Economics had a program called, you know, the Integrated Business Curriculum, IBC. Now, 
I think there might just be some misinformation about all this now. Uh, so can you kind of explain one, what I know you weren't really part of the decision of making it go away, but what does the business school do now? Why is it maybe no worse than what we were doing with IBC, if not better? And is there any talks of bringing IBC back in some fashion? Yeah, I'm actually a fan of IBC. You know, if I can, if I can be honest, um, uh, I would see it go away, but it probably was not sustainable in the form that it was. Um, uh, and so, you know, I do know that uh, the current dean, Dean Chauvin, he, he is uh, Chauvin is looking to create a more of a faculty-driven IBC, if you will, uh, finding ways where we can integrate. Because I just think that you know, again, learning how to how to operate you know in a very complex organization and understand where other people are coming from even if that's not your area of expertise is critical and um, so i'm just a, i'm a fan of that it's hard that's why nobody else does it right <laughs> it's hard uh, and to make it sustainable you can't you know you, you you've got to make it so the faculty want to do it and uh, students get good value out of it. And uh, for a while, we, you know, we weren't getting everything that we needed out of it, even though it's a great program. Uh, so he's hoping to, I think, get something that's a bit more sustainable. And I fully support that. Having said that, you know, our students are still in incredible demand. Um, you know, I, I hear it everywhere. Vandals, I, you know, they learn by doing. And most most vandals who graduate from our curriculum, you know, have had internships. They've they've worked, you know, gone through our our pitch contests, um, they're just they're just really smart and experienced by the time they yeah. they, uh, they end up entering the field. So I'm, you know, again, I, I'm a product like you you are of, of the business school there. I want to see it succeed. And, uh, you know, we need to get that, uh, you know, head in the right direction. Yeah, those those pitch contests, those uh, those stay stay true to me. And I love those. I've taken part in a couple of them and won some money, a couple of them, um, across the whole state of Idaho. So I still enjoy it. Um, yeah, forever shower I, still in the pro still in the works, by the way. <laughs> that's great. I judged a few of those back in the day and I just, I always enjoyed it. I mean, the, the ideas that came out of that and some of the yeah. business ideas were amazing. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, kind of pivoting here to maybe your biggest task since you've taken over. Uh, you inherited a quite large deficit uh, at the university. It was twenty plus million dollars, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. Um, kind of talk talk about where we're currently at budget wise, how we got to this point, how you've ch moved changed things around, and then also what what's the future of uh you know the budgetary requirements or budgetary future at Idaho. Yeah, yeah, great question. Um, yeah, so when I when I joined the university, uh, you know, we we had had a, a twenty million dollar, twenty one million dollar deficit year, before that a five million, I believe. But nobody really was talking about the, the fiscal year we were in, which was about to end, which was uh, you know two thousand nineteen, and. Um, uh, I think a lot of people, as I was going through the interview process, they knew we had a problem. They just didn't know how big it was. And, you know, I don't know that it, anyone thought we were going to have another $20 million loss year, but we did approximately. So we had, you know, over three years, we had operated deficits cumulative of $45 million. You know, it's just, 
it was not a good situation. And, um, you know, frankly, we didn't have cash to con enough cash to keep going down that road. And it wasn't sustainable by any stretch. Um, so, you know, we, we worked really quickly. Even before I started, I was working with our, our finance people at the University of Idaho to uh, cut the fiscal year 20 budget, which was already, um, you know, it was already, um, I guess that was 18 actually where they lost 20 and then 19 uh, or where they lost uh, all these years, <laughs> the fiscal years. I got to go back. I've been here 18 months already. And it just seems like I just started. Uh, but but regardless, um, uh, we could took out uh, uh, $14 million, I guess, out of what would have been the, the fiscal year 19 budget. And um, at the end of the day, uh, uh, you know, through, through 2020, um, we were able to not only take that $14 million out, but we exceeded it. Uh, we improved our cash position by about $22 million. So that ended up resulting in about a $900,000 surplus, which was just amazing to me. It's more than I'd asked for. And basically our people just got it done. And the way we did that is that you know, we provided the information that our deans and vice presidents needed to run their business. And we met with them every single month to see how they were doing. And um, and when it came to the end of the year, not only did they meet their, their targets, they see them. So, you know, now uh, going looking forward, uh, you know, we have COVID costs that have been embedded um, uh, into our system this year because we've opened up our own lab and, and we, um, you know, give, you know, uh, ensured we had uh, personal protection equipment, you know, distributed to all of our students and all of our faculty. And we've put in thermal imaging devices around our food courts. Um, and we continue to, uh, you know, expand our technology in our classrooms so that we can, you know, uh, you know have stable Zoom connections. Uh, and through the region, for that matter, our centers throughout the state. So, you know, there's been a lot of expenditures, but we're still doing pretty well. Uh, we were able to stay open this fall, <clears throat> which was a huge, a huge accomplishment. And we hope to be able to stay open in the spring. I'm, I am concerned given, you know, the increasing uh, infection rates within, uh, within Idaho. But, you know, if we're able to stay open, we're going to come out of this in probably stronger shape than we went in financially. Um, which is what I'm hoping for. Uh, you know, if we have to close, it's a different story. Um, so, you know, again, we're, we've got our fingers crossed. We're not taking anything for granted. Uh, we're we're going to continue to test every student as they come onto campus. We're going to continue our surveillance testing. We're going to continue our wastewater testing. We're going to do everything we can to try to keep, uh, you know, the uh, you know infection rates down, uh, at least on campus, and hopefully with the mask mandates in the community, because that will that's what we need uh, to keep open. I know that was a long answer to your question, but it's a complicated. No, it's perfect. It's yeah. It's, yeah, it's a complicated problem, though. So, um, yeah, you you kind of touched on it, but you know, I'm I'm a big bragger, and I know that our COVID response has widely been considered one of the more successful in the entire country. I know, I believe the governor of Idaho was up there about a month or so ago, looking at what you guys had put in place. Can you just elaborate a little bit more on like? Indeed. What you guys got going on there? Because it's really groundbreaking for the university. Yeah, it, it is. And and honestly, we haven't bragged about it. And that's my fault because, you know, COVID can lay you low pretty quickly, as we learned when we had, you know, yeah. an outbreak on Greek Row. We, we beat it. But uh, boy, I'll tell you, it moved fast. And uh, 
So you have to be prepared. And I like to get out in front of this stuff, you know, as, a, as leaders, you know, um, uh, when you're at risk. And, you know, as we knew, we had it at the time we had uh, across the border, eight miles away, a huge outbreak, right? And um, and they weren't even having live classes. So, uh, you know, we, we were being very careful about what we said and what we were doing. Um, uh, but the truth is, is that, uh, you know, Kirk Schultz at Wazoo ha has actually said, he thinks we have the best, um, you know, overall COVID uh, response in the country. And, and that's because we opened up our own lab. Uh, it's because we tested every student before they came in. It's because we tested uh did surveillance testing to understand how we were doing and identify hot spots uh, we tested wastewaters which actually helps identify we had a problem on greek row then we used specific testing on greek row of those hot spots to help those students uh, identify help those staff identify who was sick and who wasn't uh, and you know we at the at our height we had about 14 chapters and sororities on quarantine but after three weeks we were we were almost back to normal and uh again with infection rates you know going way down again and and that's because you know we had the ability we had the tools uh, to go in and identify it quickly uh, to test everybody identify who was sick do our contact tracing and get people off of quarantine as quickly as possible and uh, and you know to get them back in the classroom which is really what we wanted and uh, and we stayed open through Thanksgiving. And there's a lot of, as you know, there's a lot of, maybe even the majority of colleges and universities around the country that are online. And uh, you know, my own daughter, you know, she's taken all her classes at a different, you know, university online. And and it just to me, I you know, I wish she was at Idaho. I think she wishes she was at Idaho now too, you know, because <laughs> it just, uh, uh, you know, who wants who wants to sit in your parents' house and take your classes? You know, nobody. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's it's been great to see how Idaho's responded to such a unique, unique uh, situation with a with unique problem solving. Um, um, I know this is something that we hadn't just listened to you talk real quick. And how has your experience as a as a business in the business world changed how you operate a university? Because we get all the, all the time we get university leaders, people who are academics, and they've been the whole time as a as a provost or a dean, a professor. How is your um, you know, experience outside in, in, in the private sector kind of shaped how you run run this university because it's very it's very unique and I think it's been very effective. Yeah, you know, it's um, you know, I, I would say my my skill set, you know, as you mentioned, it's not academic. Uh, even though I have written some books and I've taught from time to time, I I, I did a little bit of uh, adjunct teaching out at Hofstra University in finance. Um, but, uh, you know, I think it's complementary to the academic side. You know, I, I you know, I, I like very heavily on my provost, Terry Lawrence and, and, and others who have strong, you know, uh, academic, you know, administrative capability. And what I bring is, you know, kind of a, a different view about how, how to operate, you know, one that is more operational, um, one that, you know, focuses on execution, setting goals and executing. Um, and being able to, uh, you know, move the ball, uh, you know, and and move and strengthen the the university in a very empathetic way, and deal deal with you know financial crises with, uh, you, know, um, you know, with some skill, you know, and and you know again it's 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 my world that I grew up in, and and again I've had global responsibility, so it's one, 
I am able to manage large groups and get them headed the right direction. Um, having said that, you know, you need the hearts and minds of the people that, that are, that, that are following you. And, uh, you know, so, you know, I, I have to let them know that, yeah, you know, I, I have, uh, I have this background, but I also have a lot of empathy for the situation that you're in. And I rely very heavily on my, uh, those academic experts to help us, you know, make sure that we're approaching this in the right way and that we're not harming the university. We're strengthening it, which I think we have. Yeah. Nice. Um, we got one more kind of question from us before we get into a couple selected listener questions, but a nice little three-parter to end it. What are some of the goals you have for the university academically, athletically, and then what's kind of next for the University of Idaho? Yeah, so athletically, let's start there because uh, a lot of our listeners, they care about athletics, as do I. Uh, you know, we we Terry in, inherited a pretty volatile situation, um, you know, with turnover in coaches and some compliance violations. And frankly, you know, she, the work that she's doing because she's a compliance expert, you know, is we, we found more things we're trying to correct at the end of the day. Um, and, you know, so she's, she's been dealing with that and some, some not so great behaviors by some coaches that have left and, and it's just made it very difficult and, and moving down to, you know, from, you know, uh, uh, from FBS to FCS is, uh, you know, it's also destabilized our football program. You know, you get a lot of those folks who came here to play, you know, uh, in FBS who, uh, you know, all of a sudden they, you know, might find themselves in FCS, they, you know, they've left and, and you got to replace them. It just destabilizes your entire organization. So our goals are pretty simple. You know, we, we want to provide that stability that we need, um, rebuild our athletic departments uh, in, in a way that um, are compliant so that we can win and be proud of how we're winning. Make no mistake, we want to, you know, Terry and I, we're, we're, you know, we're all about that, but, uh, you know, we have to get everything in there fixed first. And I don't think either of us uh, realized how bad things have gotten in there, but, um, you know, I think things are on the rise there as well, uh, you know, and hopefully with a new arena, you know, we can really help our basketball program recruit. You know, we're giving Paul what he needs to stabilize his guys and try to get them out and playing football this spring, um, you know, and, and doing all the things that, uh, you know, the coaches need and are asking for. So, um, you know, uh, now, you know, give them what they need. We hope that they can also deliver. And then I know that's what our alumni want as well. Uh, academically, uh, you know, my priorities really for the university are, um, you know, are threefold. And, and probably most of everyone's probably heard these, but uh, they don't change, but uh, I'll just, I'll repeat them. And that is around student success, which includes, you know, supporting our students in, in, in including them and supporting them. That means, you know, improving, um, you know, uh, their, their experience while they're on campus. That means providing more scholarships and, you know, giving them better experiences in internships and research. So, you know, we're making some investments in that, including our distance, um, students and and making sure they feel like they're part of the experience so we're making investments in in student scholarships in distance learning so that student success is number one number two is research uh, it's our goal to become an r1 research institute institution and we can do that we already do enough research from dollar perspective to be an r1 institution 
Um, but you know where we where we don't quite measure up is in the number of PhDs we're pushing through the system, the postdocs that we have. So we're going to be making investments in there. And the reason that's important is because our one institutions get the vast majority of all federal funds that are given out to research by far. And not only that, they get the best research. So we want to have that for our students and for our faculty. So um, it's important that we get there and uh, we have a roadmap. We won't get there in our next review, which I think next year, because we're just getting set up. But I'm pretty confident that, you know, in, in the review after that, and four years from now, we will be designated in our one institution. I'm pretty confident. And the final thing is our story. And that's also about recruiting and getting students to the University of Idaho and getting Vandal alums to be proud of, you know, of our institution, all the great things that we're doing. We are a university on the rise. You know, nobody can really debate that anymore when you see that. We've turned our financial situation around. You know, we've got these working groups uh, that uh, have provided roadmaps of how we're going to get to our one, you know, of improving student success and getting out and telling our story. And, you know, we've completed that P3 deal, which also will fund our strategic initiatives. So we've got the money that we now can invest, you know, by leasing our plan into those three initiatives that I, that I talked about. And we're being recognized for it throughout the state. Not, Everyone's pretty amazed at how quickly the university has turned around and, and is starting to add value again. And, and frankly, you know, I think it's we've always been recognized on the outside, you know, again, you know, through increasing our ranking uh, academically with uh, U.S. News and World Report and as best value. So, you know, we're just getting started and uh, we are very confident that, uh, you know, you're, you're with you're, the University of Idaho is going to be even stronger uh, in the years to come than, than we are now. Awesome. Makes me excited to be a vandal. Just listen to you talk. Gets me pumped up. Pretty excited on the 7 a.m. on a, on the Monday morning. So <laughs> right. that's pretty. It's pretty hard to do. Um, I know. I'm. I'm, ex I'm excited to see see what's next and see some uh, see some vandal wins in the dome this spring and upcoming fall. You know, be a good time to win some big sky Indeed. games. Yeah. Um, you know. So now we're gonna move into our our fan our fan portion. Um, so this is hashtag Ask Tubs. So we we always like our listeners to to kind of give us some input on what they want to hear um, us ask you. So we got a few of them for you from Taylor Cash at Idaho Grown T Cash, uh, hashtag Ask Tubs. What's your proudest, proudest accomplishment so far and what can we look forward to in the near future? Yeah, yeah, uh, it's a good question. I mean, there's just so many things I'm both proud and grateful for. Um, you know, our faculty and staff, um, you know, the the things that they've delivered from you know eliminating our operating deficits which we've just talked about uh to the roadmaps that have been prepared for our sustainable financial model uh, r1 uh, the research and and distance learning working groups uh the out the roadmaps for that are going to enable us to really you know up our game you know going forward uh, to the lease of our steam plan which I talked about which is going to help fund all that um, but I'm probably most grateful and proud of all the hard work that went into our opening our COVID testing lab um, and keeping the university open to construction uh, this past fall. I mean, it was a tremendous undertaking. I can't tell you how how much time and effort went into this. And and our our staff, uh, our employees, and our faculty they they moved mountains to get this done. And some believed was not it was not possible. There were a few out there, you know, you know, talking very loudly that we would never get it done. Um, but, uh, you know, we did get, and, and now those folks tend to, you know, say, well, 
we would have been on your side if you would have been more transparent. But you know, we, we were telling our story all along. You know, we, we are, and and you know, we're not responsible for their their bad decisions. We can only control our decisions, and that's what we've been doing. And I'm very proud of our faculty and staff and what they've done. Uh, they remained focused. Uh, they didn't allow themselves to be distracted, and uh, and they communicated and they executed extremely well. And you know, I mean, Dan knew who opened up that, uh, you know, opened up our COVID testing lab. I mean, uh, he's a faculty member that, as far as I'm concerned, is a hero. Um, you know, one time I spoke to him, you know, this fall, and he said he had one day off, including weekends, in, in the past three months. And, but he said to me, he goes, but President Green, there's no place else I'd rather be. Says it all, right? Right. Yeah. 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 So uh, next question we got from Space Lennon at Sidewalk Chalk, hashtag AskTubs. What is the most beautiful point A to point B walk on the campus? Well, all vandals know that uh, our uh, our campus was designed by the world-famous Olmsted brothers. And they, uh, you know, they also did Central Park and, and many other just great, great things, you know, across the country. So. Um, you know, we're just very blessed on a beautiful campus. And I'd say, you know, from a classical perspective, um, uh, I would say hello walk. You know, I just love the beauty of our ad law and, and that walk up to the admin building. But I also, you know, something that's, you know, uh, new, um, it, you know, is well, relatively new. <laughs> you know, we're talking decades. But in our, you know, as far as <laughs> Idaho, it's new. You know, the new Arboretum, right? And I just love mm -hmm. walking the length of that. Um, it's just an incredible place. People come from all around the world, you know, to, um, you know, to, uh, you know, walk that arboretum because it's just because of its beauty, you know, and it's amazing. You know, cars are always, you know, it's across from my house there. There's cars parked out there, rain or shine, winter, summer, uh, <laughs> people, you know, they, they snowshoe it, they ski it, they, they do what they need to do, you know, and it, it's a lot of fun, a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah. There's so many good choices. I mean, you got Greek Row yeah. too. I mean, it's well, like you said, we're blessed to have such a beautiful campus. You know, I, I love walking the campus. It's always, I always like I like the walk from the the dome up towards uh the commons or up towards the business building. You kind of get a good view of everything right mm -hmm. there. That's but um all right, we're gonna bring this full circle for you, Scott. Start talking about your days in Idaho as a, as a case egg. We're going to kind of end it there from Bernie Wilson at Bernie Wilson, hashtag ask tubs. What are some of your uh, better memories of your, of your days uh, as a, as a, as a Kappa signal? Yeah. You know, I mean, again, it's a hard question because there's just so many, you know, I could go on forever. I mean, some things that come to mind were our pledge sneak to Banff, Canada, <laughs> you know, which was just a great, you can imagine just a bunch of guys in a oh, van, yeah. you know, it just didn't smell good. You know, we had a good time, you know, um, uh, to coaching the pledge class that, you know, uh, that brought the brown jug, jug home. It's one of the few times we actually beat the Fijis. Um, to working with with Greg Cook, a, you know, brother of mine, his uh, his successful ASU IV campaign. We we made posters down in the basement. You know, that comes to mind. Basement of the old sub. You know, now the Pittman Center. <laughs> um, you know, and um, I think you know even walking as a as a fraternity. You know, to those football and basketball games. I mean, we go as a group. You know, and. Uh, um, you know, I guess as a, as a pledge, I remember holding seats for some of the upperclassmen as, as part of my job, but, uh, you know, just going there as a, as a group, it was just a great experience. So I have a lot of great memories as Kappa Sig there. And, 
and our annual cruise on Lake Coeur d'Alene. How could I forget that? You know, those those are great memories every year as well. So we we had I had a good time. You know, I, I can't complain about uh, about my time on campus. It was uh, it was one of those things. I wish everyone could experience it, and that's what I'm trying to do is ensure that you know all people, all all high school students are considering the U of I they deserve to have the kind of experience that we all had, right? Uh, if they only mm-hmm. know about it, but we have to be willing to tell that story and tell them what it means to us. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Scott, uh, we want to thank you so much for coming on. Yeah. Um, we know your time's valuable. So we, we appreciate you taking some time out of the day. Our, our founder reminded us this morning. Uh, he was like, remember, you're talking to the president that has the most excitement behind him in the current century. And I was like, that's a great way to put it. People, I know we don't speak for every vandal, but I know every vandal I've talked to is very pleased with the job you're doing. And there's, I you you hit it. There's just some renewed excitement you've brought back to the university. So thank you so much for that. Um, if people want to get a hold of you, or if there's something at the university you want to plug, now's your time to do it. Um, Yeah, no, if anyone wants to get a hold of me, you, know, you can always reach out at UI president, um, you know, dot, you know at president at uiidaho.edu, president at uiidaho.edu. And I would love to hear from folks. I, I try to answer every single email I get, um, and, and I would love to hear about it. Otherwise, go out and tell your story. And I, I keep saying this, let and help us recruit any high school-aged Kids, you know, let them know what your experience was like at the U of I. Tell them your story. You don't have to tell them ours. Tell them yours. That's, uh, that's the experience that, that uh, you know, really will resonate with them. So, Chris and Alex, I, I had a lot of fun. Thank you. You made my morning. So, uh, I enjoyed Thank it. you, Scott. Have a good one. Thank you. Scott, thank you, everybody. Thank you.